Greetings and welcome to the Spooky Scouts. If you found us, you show an interest in questioning the suspicious, investigating the intriguing, and attempting to distinguish fact from fiction. Each meeting, we will evaluate a topic of choice and find stories, evidence, and history to discuss and debate. Join us in earning some merit badges, Spooky Scouts, if you survive. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. I hope you're all doing well on this uh, rainy afternoon. Feathers is up here today because I have one of my rescues in the coop, in the pigeon coop. I don't know if listeners, you know that I rescue pigeons and Kayla also has a rescue pigeon. I have many. Kayla has two. Mm-hmm. And um, Feathers, First Officer Feathers, my pigeon, my pigeon uh, man. Feathers. The little man. The little man uh, is up here today because he saw me holding another pigeon. And uh, this pigeon has a like a bent, broken wing. But she's healthy enough to like go out into the coop. I've had her in quarantine for like two weeks. And so I put her out there and she's happy. But if Feathers is out there because he saw me holding her, he attacks her constantly. Yeah, because that's illegal. Like, yes. Oh, an anonymous gifter gave Sprinkles the dragon cat of a sub. Yay! All right. And thank you to all of us for subscribing. Um, but anyway, and Otto Weasley, and Flumpton, and Mike Owhuman. Uh, yes, I still have all of my rescue pigeons. They are outside, and my three chickens. And sometimes I get new ones from friends who just find pigeons on the street. And that's what this little, this little pidge, little baby pidge. Very sweet, but Feathers gets extremely jealous. And uh, attacks any other pigeon that I am near. Yes, huh, feathers. That's illegal. <gasps> it's you illegal. Can. So you, he might come and and grace us with his presence. <gasps> well, here he comes, just Uh-oh. on key. There he is, the Mister Man. <laughs> oh, he is just the best boy. He is just a best boy. <laughs> He's so handsome. He's so handsome. So Feathers, special guest Feathers on the on the Spooky Scouts episode of Madame Blavatsky. Madame Blavatsky. Madame Blavatsky. Um, Feathers is like, I know, I'm here. I'm so popular. I am present for this. Hopefully he'll behave, because usually, like I said, he just sits next to me and just, like, chills, but we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, anything new with you, Kayla? Anything new? Anything exciting? See any ghosts? UFOs? No, I haven't seen anything. I did drive by a cowboy church yesterday, and I cowboy wanted to talk church. to you about that. Like brief interlude. Um, yeah, please, everyone. I I, ha- I I also have our our weekly queue update, which is yeah. Okay, this is like adjacent to it because when you go okay. to the cowboy okay. church's website, it's like guns, God, glory, cowboys, and you're just like, okay, the website's terrible. It's cowboychurchofvirginia.org. But uh, apparently Cowboy Church is just like, is like a non-denominational somehow church uh, themed around cowboys. I'm not kidding. This is what it is. I drove by it and it had like cowboy branding and like they don't have, they don't accept donations, but like stuff somehow happens and they only use cowboy terms in church. What? So the cowman is the the senior pastor. What? There's flank riders, night hawks. Range boss, tallyman, ba- wait, the, wait, the cow man is the master. pastor. Yeah, he's the pastor. Wranglers or child get caregivers corral is where the child care is occurring. Tenderfoots or teenagers. Corral? 
Uh, <laughs> oh my so god. They, they have a glossary of terms, so when you attend cowboy church, you'll know what they're talking about at cowboy church. So apparently cowboy church meets uh, in my town one day a week, so maybe I'll go to cowboy church, but also yeah. I don't want to. It seems very... <laughs> Are you sure this isn't just a cult? I, I don't know. It's just, it's cowboy church. And it's okay. just like when you go to the history of cowboy church, they're just like, this man founded cowboy church. That's a cult. And I was like, <laughs> okay. In 1972. Amazingly, no, that's too. No, that's just LARPing. That's just cowboy LARPing. In 1972, Glenn Smith, a professional rodeo clown, was called of God. He sold everything and no. entered full-time ministry along with his wife. God had called Glenn to bring the gospel to the rodeo and bull riding circuits. <laughs> so it's, no, it was a, a rodeo clown. clown. A rodeo clown starting cowboy church. Yes. Oh my god. So, um, cowboy church. I guess. Um, yeah, cowboy church exists, and that was <laughs> what I wanted to bring to the table today. <laughs> there's King like, Kaiser Roll said that there's a cowboy church near them called the Cow Punchers Church. Yeah, it says it is believed today that there are some five thousand cowboy churches na- nationwide. So just FYI, there's probably I, a cowboy church near you. I live lived in a very different part of my con- my uh, part of the country for my life, <laughs> where there are no. I don't think there there maybe there's a cowboy church. You know what? There might be where I grew up. Like that would make sense, actually. Yeah, like I was, I found it. Like, but it's we were, larping. That's larping. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, we were driving through very rural Southwest Virginia, and we pulled off in a town to get some potato tacos at Taco Bell, <laughs> and we got lost, and we drove by a cowboy church, and it had a nice sign, and then it also had a trailer out front that was spray painted and said no. cowboy church. <laughs> no. <laughs> so what? Enjoy that fact. Feel what? free to look up your local cowboy church. Uh, and make sure to look up the terms beforehand so you fit in and yeah. understand what they're talking about when you you put your children in the corral. Cowpokes. Your cowpokes. <laughs> god. Oh my god. I mean, it's not a bad idea to, like, make money. I'm sure there's lots of people that want to LARP as cowboys, right? I mean, I do. <laughs> but not in a church. <laughs> I just want to go to a cowboy oh. LARP. That sounds that, fun. Yeah, that's true. And Flumpton said, there's one in the town near me known for being a meth town. <laughs> so, okay. That's not shocking. The more you know, Cowboy Church. Oh, my God. I love the movie 2012. It's so terrible. It's so terrible and oh, funny. Oh, is that L. the Carlton. one? Which one is that one? It's the really terrible one where an electric train blows up and fire. And, like, the volcano goes off. And, like, they're escaping. They escape and, like, the waves rise. Oh, it's the a- flood thing? It was, like, all the water... I mean, no, it's like Does everything. Does that have the Hall in it? It does it. I don't even remember which actor is in it. John, it's John Cusack and Woody Harrelson. You, if you haven't seen it, it's incredible. I feel like I, see, I saw it, <laughs> it's, but maybe it's, not. It's a, uh, wow. It is terrible. Huh. It is terrible. But hilariously terrible. Like, wow. Of course, all the rich people, like, escape in boats. So whatever. Oh, well, you know. Yeah. Cowboys are cryptids. These, they are cryptids. Yeah, I can't. I can't believe that I discovered such a treasure um, at <laughs> random. Your, at random, yeah. So you're welcome, everyone. Maybe attend your local cowboy church or don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to. Or don't. It literally meets in the town that I live in, like on Friday nights, and I'm like, I don't. I'm Friday nights isn't even church time. Well, it's uh, any time is church time in cowboy. If church, you're a cowboy, <laughs> yeehaw, <laughs> yeehaw. So I don't know. Maybe 
if I, I was going to say, <laughs> sorry, I was going to say, I was like, yeah, Jesus meets. And I was like, that's not Jesus. Ye- no, that's, that's just Kanye. That's Kanye. <laughs> I was like, yeehaws this. Jesus. Nope. Jesus. Nope. nope. That's Already Kanye. Taken. Kanye's that's got that Kanye. Covered. That's Kanye. Well, that's great. Thank you for doing some, some in-person research. Yes. It's a uh, interesting time. If anybody attends Cowboy Church, please let us know. Yeah. I, I, or don't, or don't. Or don't, or don't go, because it seems like maybe a <sighs> cult, but maybe not, I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of cults. <laughs> yeah, speaking of cults. I wish the government would just ban itself. Wrap your head around that, fellas. The Q update, our newest, our newest update, is that, so people are still taking ivermectin, obviously. We've heard that, they're still taking ivermectin. That's exciting. Okay. But <laughs> since so many people, actually, there was there was one report where um, some guy's liver failed because he took too much ivermectin. Uh, I'm surprised nothing yeah. else happened. <laughs> yeah. So that's exciting. But the newest update is that I've been reading a subreddit that's really terrible. It's terrible. I'm prefacing this with it's terrible. It's terrible. It, but schadenfreude. Okay. It's okay. terrible. All right, Schadenfreude. It's called the Herman Cain Award. So Herman Cain was the Republican delegate who got COVID at a Trump Trump rally and died. Okay. So pretty much to win the Herman Cain Award, you have to be posting memes about how the virus isn't real on Facebook, about how no one should be take, getting the vaccine, about all this stuff, and then you die. <laughs> so it's literally... It's literally like over and over again. It's like people who have posted on Facebook that they're not getting vaccinated, that it's like microchips, that Bill Gates, it's like QAnon stuff. And then like the last one is like a GoFundMe because they died. I think Jack told me about this subreddit because <laughs> he was looking at it where it's just like people being like, don't get vaccinated. And then like a week later, it's like they're dead. Here's their obituary. Yeah, it's oh, my God, it's ridiculous. Not good. It's bad. It's bad, okay? So it's very <laughs> morbid. But if you are morbidly interested in those sorts of things, then, uh, and seeing the schadenfreude of the fact of what misinformation and conspiracy theories and things that are unhealthy for human beings <laughs> do, then there you go. It's, huh. uh, it's a ride. It is, it is very, like, it's just, it's mostly sad. It's mostly sad. So... Yeah, that does sound mostly sad, but also yeah. uh, very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, it's the Darwin Award for COVID, more or less. I mean, it's just, it's, oh yeah, and then it's everything is like, pray for them. Like, please, please pray. Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Yeah, yeah it's all, it's all thoughts and prayers. Peace and love. At the end, it's more, it is, it's very sad. Like, I could only read like four of them. Yeah. And there's a lot. There's, there's a lot. lot. Yeah. There's a lot. Like, oh, and most of them are posting these, like, just really, like, like mean memes about, like, COVID and the vaccine. Like, it's not real. And then, like, then they die. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Well. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway, that's our update. I guess now it's just the Q Darwin Award update. <laughs> Who's winning? I'm so sad. Know. But, like, I also think, like, I, I don't, 
I don't know. It's such a hard thing. It's just like, I don't think people should be forced to do anything, but I don't think they should have to be forced. Like, people should be smart enough to know that this is something that is not a microchip. Like, (laughs) it's like, you should just get your vaccine so that you are okay. But it's, you know, but they're just like, my freedoms. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. My official stance is like, please get your vaccine. I know. I am, uh, I'm getting my booster probably next week, which... Oh, that's good. I've heard is rough, so thoughts... Thoughts and prayers! Oh, no, really? Yeah, my, uh, uh, I don't know if anybody in the chat has gotten theirs yet, but I'm supposed to get it earlier because I am immunocompromised, and he told me that his third one was a rough ride, and he told me to take it on a Friday and <laughs> prepare to die, and I was oh, like, no. cool! And by that, I mean, you pretty much, you know, you just get sick. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but you don't it. die. Yeah, you don't die. You just get sick, and it's not yeah. fun. But neither is getting COVID. So no. Well, anyway, back to on topic. That was a fun, a fun ride. That was a fun ride. Yeah, we're talking about Madame Blavatsky, though. <laughs> the author was mean to her too. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, everyone. Like, I I know I saw this mentioned a bunch of times. I'm very glad that this man was in Blondie, but he called her fat like 20 times in this book, and it made me mad. Like, yeah. No, I mean he was. It was for sure shamey. For yeah. sure. Like he just kept. Yeah. Like I'm like I get it. She's a very she's a, a husky woman. Like that's yeah. fine. But do you need to bring it up? No. Constantly. I mean, when was this? When was this written? I don't know. Written yeah. By so his, okay. People in the chat are agreeing. I was wondering if you all had the same experience I had, where I was like, "Yeah, it was very jarring." Like he would just constantly be like, huh, "Someone hoisted her up," which would have been easy at the time because she was thin, and this was before <gasps> she got really thick and uh, fat. Oh, and God. I was like, "Stop!" Uh, and what sucks is like. I feel like a lot of the books we read is full of a lot of that because a lot of them are older mm-hmm. and a lot of them are written by men, not mm-hmm. to shame men, but a lot of men back in the day, like 40, 30, 40 years ago, definitely were okay with saying things like that, which were not okay. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, okay, I, I thought this guy would be a little more progressive. And I, I do think the book overall is very interesting. Well researched. The research is really good. Yes, and like very thoughtful. There are lots of good arguments and explanations, but it's really hard for me personally to get past the constant comments on her appearance because I'm just like I get that enough in real life. We don't. I don't. Oh, yeah. Need also, it in a book. also, I don't care. Yeah, like, like it what? really has I nothing. Just to don't. Do with I anything. just don't care. I just don't care. Like I think the only time it was relevant was when he was describing um, her partner that helped found theosophy i can't think of his name it starts with an o but like he ran into her at a bar or something all <laughs> caught and he was just like she just stood out because she was just like a very stocky like intimidating looking woman with like piercing blue eyes and i was like that makes sense like yeah be drawn to her because she just stands out in a crowd yeah but like every other time i was like please shut up sir stop commenting on this woman's appearance for yeah. for no reason yeah, it's it's dated, which I feel like a lot of the books we read are either dated or from people that maybe live in a Bigfoot cave, and maybe. that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, it's been an interesting uh, assortment of books, but I think like I, I wanted—I don't know—my main takeaway was like I don't know that I'm going to read anything else by this author, but we did look up his other books and they do sound interesting. But I—I I don't know, maybe if it's about a man, we won't get yeah. this. 
the bibliography in the back is really extensive, which is also good. Yeah. So if you want to do more research on this topic, I looked at it and it's easily you can trace back all of his research, which is at least interesting. And we did talk about before we started the podcast that he actually brings up UFOs and men in black at some point. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. catch that in the book. I had to skim parts of it. So I'm interested to hear that part if you have it tapped. Um, yeah, I have it right now. It's it's talk, It's about her masters, her like mysterious masters, which may or may not have existed. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, someone that she knew, Alcott, and it says this wasn't Alcott's first visit from a master. Sometimes, Sometime earlier, he had a visit from two individuals that, from the description of it in a letter to friends, makes it seem that in some ways the masters were rather like the Marx Brothers, or at least the mysterious men in black that haunt many UFO accounts. They, too, are strange visitors from unknown parts who act in a dreamlike, surreal way. In a letter to the London spiritualist Stainted Moses, Alcott relates how he was visited by a character named Uton Liato, a Cypriot who was accompanied by another individual, a dark-skinned, gray-bearded man he does not name. There's reason to suspect that Liato and Hilarion Smerdis, the master Hilarion, who wrote to Alcott as a representative of the Brotherhood of Luxor, are the same. Uh, bidding Alcott remain silent, Liato materialized a bouquet of flowers, and Alcott watched as it floated to the floor. He then made it rain in Alcott's room, soaking the colonel, colonel, his books, his cigar, and his carpet, yet leaving himself and his companion absolutely dry. The other visitor now showed Alcott a crystal in which he saw fantastic visions. During an earlier visit by Liato, recounted in his old diary leaves, Alcott related how the Cypriot made the walls of his room disappear and how he then gazed on vast landscapes peopled by strange elemental forms. So a lot of the stuff in here is like, like you said, it's like there are some things of physical manifestations, like creating a bouquet of flowers, like creating it, making it rain. Like those, those are the things I like, I think we talked about, those are like the most interesting things that it talks about for the, and tulpas, of course, Mm -hmm. like tulpas are also really interesting. Also, side note, and I might be crazy loud now. I realized it was using the wrong microphone. Oh on, no! On Zoom. So, is that better, everyone? Uh, is it too loud? I don't know. I think you sound okay. Okay, good. Cool. I love it when Zoom just changes your microphone to the other one it for no reason without to, asking you. It changed it to the snowball that I'm not using. <sighs> that's just literally like the ball that's sitting oh over God. here. So that might have been why I sounded so terrible. That's so weird. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, but yeah, so that's interesting. I feel like I also got the impression that there were perhaps some some UFO or alien associations going on in this. Um, well, if you think about it, these people are doing quote unquote magic, but like, could it be aliens? Could it be aliens? Could it be? The History it's, Channel that's says... Always, that's always what we say. The History Channel says yes. The History Channel says probably... <laughs> Also recently found out the History Channel, why it turned into aliens. Let's do a whole podcast about it. It's owned by A&E. Makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah. That does make sense. It's just reality shows. And they're like, oh, aliens are getting us lots of views. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. It used to just be like Hitler documentaries. And then they did like a conspiracy theory one. It got super good ratings. And then the rest is history. Now it's all aliens. Excellent. The more you know. The more you know. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But well, yes, to to jump back, I guess, a little bit 
Yeah, for a primer on Blavatsky, if you if you didn't make it through the book or or chose not to, which is also fair, the book was Madame Blavatsky, the Mother of Modern Spirituality by Gary Lockman, who's the bassist of Blondie and has a hyper fixation on women's appearance. Apparently, um, that's my that's just me being judgy. But <laughs> the book is about Madame Blavatsky, who at the I guess would you call that the turn of the century, like the late eighteen hundreds. Yeah, it's turn. Yeah. To, oh, well, she was born early 1800s or like mid early ish 1800s, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so yeah, yeah. So that that time, she she basically was a woman who traveled a lot, may have went to Tibet? Question mark. Uh, came up with a kind of like new age religion of sorts called Theosophy that is very occult, esoteric. Uh, there's a lot of astral projection, materialization, talk of like reincarnation and different things. Uh, yeah, it's but, very, it's pretty much Doctor Strange. Yes, it sounds like, like Doctor Strange. Yeah, it's, and it is the story of Doctor Strange. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if if inspiration from Doctor Strange came from this woman. Like, yeah. from all the magic that had to do with all of that occult esotericism from like the 1800s, because she supposedly went to tibet yep maybe but like, she, we don't know <laughs> but that's where she got her powers was tibet apparently that's powers. what she said yeah. yeah it's uh it, there's a lot of debate throughout this book and with a lot of people where they there are aspects of her life that people don't believe and it's not necessarily the unbelievable parts because some of the things that i would say are more unbelievable have like eyewitness accounts and he goes over them in the book but the the main thing are, are the like there's no, she claims she went to Tibet for a total of like seven years, maybe throughout her life, but there's really no proof of that. Like in the timeline of her life, they think that maybe she lied about that to cover up going to like be a charlatan or something. I don't know. <laughs> they, they were like, do unsavory things, maybe. I don't know. But there's a lot of talk of that. And then basically the decline of theosophy was that they they hired a woman to be involved in the, the business workings of it and then she ended up like suing them and I don't know or like wanting to, to out them it was like a whole ordeal there at the end it collapsed in the way most cults do I guess yeah so that's that's the 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 sum- summation and there's a lot of like interesting things in between including comments on her appearance which bothered me quite a lot yeah yeah yes. it's Made, she made a lot of societies, spiritual societies, said she had a bunch of masters who were would show up, which I don't think people met. <laughs> no. Other people she, said they met. So she like would, there was like a, a whole series of letters that were sent from the masters via her uh, right. that got published. The Mahatma letters, I think mm-hmm. they might be called. Um, but people are just, I think of agreement generally that she just wrote them like oh, you yeah. know <laughs> it's not like yeah yeah she just basically idealized these people in her life and made them into these mystic figures that she said existed right and then yeah. they spoke through her or to her oh yeah so here's the thing about tibet if you want to read it yeah do it it's a <laughs> this book was i guess called the frequency of telepathic phenomenon among the inhabitants of tibet an observation made by the Swedish explorer Sven Heden, who had no theosophical bias, said that uh, said said that 
apparently he saw evidence of psychometry or the ability to mentally read the history of an object and the power of a Tibetan hermit to take possession of his consciousness. This is known as creating a tolku and may be related to, um, they call her HPB in the book if you read it, HPB's uh, experience of leading a double life and the strange duo consciousness she experienced during her creative illness in Mingrelia. Um, but perhaps the most remarkable power travelers found in Tibet is that of the tulpa, a mental or Im imaginary image or form that takes on a concrete and living character. These may happen involuntarily when one's own image appears elsewhere and interacts with others as one would in everyday life, only later, to, later it is revealed that it was a phantom and not the real person that was seen. Most remarkable is the conscious creation of a thought form, which is tangible and endowed with all the faculties and quantities or qualities naturally pertaining to the beings or things of which they have the appearance. David Neal writes that when he fled from uh, Shigatsi, the Tashi Lama left in his stead a phantom perfectly resembling him who played his part so thoroughly and naturally that everyone who saw him was deceived. Says David Neal herself, who is another researcher, I guess, had problems with a tulpa of her own. She relates how, after performing the prescribed concentration of thought and other rites, she created a tulpa of a monk. It took her a few months, but eventually his form became fixed, and he became a kind of guest living in my apartment. The form was mostly visual, she said, but she could also feel as if a robe was slightly rubbing against me. Ugh. Once she felt his hand touch her shoulder. Ugh. After a time, the tulpa became an unwanted guest, and it took David Neal six months to dematerialize him. <laughs> it's too long. Get uh, out. It's amazing. So now the tulpas have been talked a lot about in like just paranormal discussions. There's still modern ideas that some some paranormal instances could be tulpas. Like there's still people that think they've seen tulpas. So it's like it's pretty much a ghost, but not a ghost. Mm -hmm. It's like a, a manifestation you create with your own mind. Yeah, speaking of tulpas, I, I was going I was telling Holly beforehand I ended up watching a movie last night that actually has to do with this. Um, which Spooky. I didn't expect it. Spooky. Basically, I watched the movie The Empty Man last night. And if you have seen that movie around, it came out in twenty twenty and it just didn't get anywhere because theaters were not a thing last year. But it's advertised as a film about a cop investigating something that might be supernatural but it ends up being that he is a tulpa that they created to house like this cosmic entity thing that looks really cool it's like a giant skeleton with like a bunch of arms no what? very yeah it's really neat visuals in that movie if you google it the first thing that comes What's up is called? the skeleton the empty man so if you Google it, the first thing that comes up is a skeleton because he's shown within the first 10 minutes or so because they're in Tibet. And oh, spooky! Yeah, so they go to the, the entrance is they're in Tibet and they find Ew, thing. I hate it! Yeah, it's cool. It's so, got, like, horrible hands. Yeah, it's got the giant, like... Ooh. Um, but it's it's really interesting it's a lot of it's a as a film it's a combination of several genres and i would recommend watching it because it does that in a very good way like everything comes together but it uh, it also is about kind of like this cult new agey cult of people who like manifest a tulpa for their like deity and they do weird stuff and it it felt very familiar reading this book it felt very relevant so i would recommend checking it out 
because it's a Neat. nice take on tulpas too. It's like very interesting. I've never, I don't think they're, I've watched another movie with a tulpa in it. Yeah, I don't think I've seen one either. That's that's weird. Spooky! Spooky! It's weird that you watched it right after you read the book. Well, yeah, I saw a recommendation on Twitter and they didn't say what it was. And that's, you know, they were like, oh, and the description does not sound like it would be about that. And um, we watched it and I was like, whoa. Yeah, it was uh, it was right before Disney bought that. Uh, is it Fox? It was right before. It's Fox, but Disney bought Fox like right after that movie happened. So that's why it's a Disney movie, I guess. Because weird. they own Fox now. <laughs> Weird. 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 I hate it. But yes, Disney owns everything. But yeah, check that movie out if you want to know. I, I don't know. I don't think it's, I don't know that it's the most accurate depiction of Tulpas, but, but yeah, to, to bring it back to Blavatsky, there were instances in this book, though, that I felt there were believable things that she did that were weird. And hmm. I was going to read one because I bookmarked yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this instance with Madame Blavatsky was... An example of her manifesting, like, physical objects. So there were people there with her. I think they were going on a hike, but let me pick up where I bookmarked here. So on the same day that Rosa Bates and Edward Wimbridge announced they were leaving, HPB and Alcott received another invitation from Sinnott, this time asking them to join him in Simla, the summer capital of the Raj. This trip has gone down in history because of what are known as the Simla Phenomena. Much has been written about these strange events, and with the Mahatma letters, which were those letters I mentioned, they form the most discussed examples of HPB's powers of materialization. They took place during a picnic outing with HPB, Alcott, the Sinnets, a Major Henderson, and a Mrs. Reed. Ironically, Major Henderson had been responsible for having HPB and the colonels shadowed. So there were a lot of people at this thing, basically, is the takeaway here. Uh, just as they were setting out, at the last minute, the group was joined by Syed M- Mahmood, the district judge of Rai Bareilly. When the group decided to stop for tea, the Senate's servants were embarrassed. They had packed the picnic baskets before Mahmood had joined them, and in consequence, were a cup and saucer short. Someone joked that they would have to take turns. Someone else suggested that two people share one cup. Someone then asked if Madame Blavatsky could not make a cup and saucer appear. After much encouragement, she agreed... And after some time inspecting the ground, she called to Major Henderson and, pointing to a spot, told him to dig. The ground was hard and full of roots from a nearby cedar tree. After some work, he had cut through about six inches, and there, embedded in roots and soil, was a cup, matching the ones packed by the servants. HPB told the Major to dig deeper. He did, and soon discovered the matching saucer, also embedded in the soil and wrapped in roots. And the major was stunned, and when he asked Blavatsky to explain how she had managed it, she told him she couldn't speak of it unless he was a theosophist. And he agreed to join the next day. So basically, she she used this as an excuse to sign them up for for it, but they they go on to say that the the most startling part of all of this is that the full set of the China existed. So this was not a part of the set in the first place. So this was not a missing cup and saucer she could have pulled from a set and buried. It just didn't exist. The full set was back home. So she, you know, she would have had to have found another set, known that they were going to go on this trip. She had to know that they were going to stop at that spot because there were a couple of spots they could have stopped at. Um, she had to know that this guy was going to show up and they were going to need it in the first place. And she had to dig this giant hole and bury these things. So it's just all of the... All of that just doesn't make sense. Like she wouldn't have been able to do it. And there were a lot of people there to, to experience this. 
So I do think that there are crumbs of, like, there are details throughout this book that make me believe that there's definitely something, like, she's she's tapped into something, and she she's capable of some things that I think normal people are not, but I think that also she girl boss too close to the sun and, like, made a cult. <laughs> yeah. Next time, I was reading this book in my chair downstairs, so I, like, I dog tagged everything instead of highlighting it, and I should have highlighted it. And so now it's just a, it's just a fun scavenger hunt. Yeah, that's I just what I did tagged a hundred pages. Whoopsie doodle! I did that too because I didn't want to write in the sun. It's a nice little book. Yeah, I didn't mind writing in the big book. Oh, oh, here we go. I'm gonna. That's because yes, I agree. That was that's like you said the only one you thought that it was like interesting. Like maybe she did it. Oh, but I don't know. I mean, this there's I found this one at the back that's just like, well, questions about whether or not she was ever in Tibet, ever met real masters, ever learned Senzar and dozens of others will no doubt trouble all who take her seriously. In the end, what is important now are the writings she left behind and what can we can understand about her life. My own belief is that she was one of the most creative synthesizers in modern thought and that she pulled together an enormous wealth of ideas, observations, and speculations about ourselves and the cosmos from a dizzying range of sources, and out of this produced at least two undeniable classics. If she did only this, it would be enough for us to owe her a debt of gratitude. But being one of the most adventurous, fearless, and indomitable women of the 19th century in in the bargain makes what we owe her almost an embarrassment. So, I mean, that's, I find that interesting. It's like that she, you know, that in a time where, again, like women didn't have that kind of autonomy usually and didn't, especially weren't seen as mystics or academics or anything like that, that she was a popular figure at the time. I felt like that's, and the fact that I, we hadn't heard of her until we saw this book. Yeah, he he talks about that at the beginning. He's like, I bet you've never heard of this woman. Like, if I said her name, you you had no idea. But, like, her influence is so profound. It's it's wild. Yeah, a huge huge influence in any sort of this, like, occultish spiritualism and theosophy and everything. (laughs) Floatway Lily said, I mean, the line between cult and not cult is pretty fuzzy. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, there were there were other instances they in the the early on in the book they talk about just he talks about her general history and they talk about how she left for a while to study occultism and when she had returned she had a lot of strange powers. So right. they talk about they talk about that a little bit. They said that things started happening around her. Raps were heard on the walls, windows and floors and furniture moved of its own accord. HPB tried to avoid responsibility for these phenomena, but eventually she admitted that she was causing them unintentionally, although she could, if she exerted herself to some degree, control them. And she convinced her father and brother by, like, telling them to lift a table. And then, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they that. lifted it, and then she managed, she pressed it down, like, with her mind, so they couldn't lift it. Um, they, like, she made um, rapping noises spell out things. Like spell out words. Um, she sorry he was he was trying to steal my mouse again. Oh, he's so precious. There there was like a piano she made play itself. So these are all things that like people experienced and talked about. So it's just like some of that I do I do choose to believe, but I do think that things got a little out of hand 
lies happened at some point in the creation yeah. of Theosophy, and it yeah. got a little too loud and crazy. Yeah, and she made all those different societies, which like ended, she ended up getting in trouble for. So. Yeah. Yeah, she tried to create Theosophy, like, or like, you know, different. Yeah. Um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Not religions, but like, you know, societies. Yeah. And oh, Theosophy that's, that's was like better... the fourth attempt. That's a better way of putting it. Flumpton in chat said that she made a lot of enemies, and that's that's what it seems like is that she she ruffled too many feathers too while many she feathers. was out there. <laughs> so, um, I did end up listening to three quarters of one of her books. I didn't see this talked about in this book, so it might have been a a section of one of her larger tomes because I think yeah. like. There's like the unveiling Isis. I can't remember what that book. Isis unveiled. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then her other big magnum opus book. But this one was about specifically about astral projection. It was wild. I would not recommend the audiobook. It is narrated by a very bored sounding British man, <laughs> and he like uses the same rolling inflection. So it's just it's a little hard to absorb. But I'm gonna describe a little bit of it to you, and I'm gonna like. See if the chat can guess which pop culture phenomenon this reminds me of. Like, it's very Other... staggeringly apparent to me, and I want to know if anybody else got this vibe from it. Okay, was so, it? Would I wait? Is this the one we talked about, or would I? Or you want me to guess too? Um, we may have already talked about it, so let's let okay. the chat guess first. Okay. I can't remember. Okay. Um, basically, I I don't know that I got. I didn't get to the part of the book where it goes into the finer points of how to astrally project it. It may not get to that. It was a very short book. I didn't make it through. But she talks about death and like the different types of beings that occupy the astral plane. On the astral plane, everything exists the same as it does here. Very Doctor Strange. Consists of like energy and elements and also elements are not necessarily like the elements we think of. She actually refers to alchemy quite a bit and how alchemy was like way ahead of its time. Hmm. And, like, they were actually smarter and had a, a wider knowledge than we did because they understood the elements in different forms and, like, that they occupied different spaces. I don't know. That part was interesting. But basically, the thing that stood out to me was her description of what occupies the astral plane in relation to humans. Because there are non-human things that occupy the astral plane. But when it comes to humans, there's either living people who go there and like know how to actually project or are evil wizards. I don't know. She puts <laughs> that up for some reason. She's like, evil Hell wizards. Yeah. yeah there <laughs> are sometimes that's cool. Actually projecting. And I'm like, yeah. Oh. Or they're dead people who go to the astral plane. She does not believe that mediums are good. She thinks mediums are bad and they disrupt the spirit's hmm. ability to travel to the astral plane. So I think that's an interesting concept. The thing that got me was the description of the fact that when someone dies, they leave behind a shell, like like a shell of the former human that appears like the human, but is hmm. not the human and can then be occupied by something else. And then this shell can like go around and people will think it's that person, but it's not that person. And then the spirit is also separate and goes somewhere else. And I, I was just like sitting here and I was like, this is the plot of of what? No, what I want to know. What what is the plot of? Everyone's fine. It's literally like Kingdom Hearts. Like that's Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> You're stupid. Is it not? Like where they just like that's how they make a heartless. And then there's like the nobodies. You could say I am 
the biggest nobody of them all. Well, this podcast is over. Yeah, it's Kingdom Hearts. Like, I think Madame Blavatsky wrote the plot of Kingdom Hearts. It's, like, equally as confusing as all of the games put together. Um, It's just, it's literally Kingdom Hearts. And, like, the astral plane is, like, the, the, like, the, the light... I don't know. Like, I can't remember the plot of these games. I didn't finish the third one. But it is. Applications will be opening for co-hosts. I'm just later. saying. It literally <laughs> just is. It's, that's what it is. Because it's like, tell, you tell me. You look at me and tell me when I say. If I were to sit here and be I don't like, know what the I don't know what the plot of, plot of Kingdom Hearts is. If I'm I've like, never played does, it. Does, has Jared played it? Ask him after this. Like, I don't think he has because he hates it. Wow, rude, Jared. <laughs> that's my childhood you hate. I'm sorry. Um, I didn't finish the third one. It was too bad. Yuck! Yuck! Uh, but basically, that you know, when someone is like, this is like when you consumed th- by the people didn't land on the moon. I know. Okay. Well, you know what? When people are consumed by darkness, they they turn into a heartless, and also like I don't know. There's like this other thing that's like their shell of their body that becomes a nobody. And then it can look like the person, but isn't the person. Okay. And I was like, this okay. is astral projection, according to okay. Blavatsky. But also it's Kingdom Hearts. Mickey, it's Riku. They put bugs in him. After harassing you, Boom Boo said that they hate to say it, but you're not wrong. I know! <laughs> That's nuts. It's, it's, I was like, oh, shit. And then I didn't listen to much more of the books. So it was more <laughs> yeah. like... I think the the notes on alchemy and the fact that she very staunchly believes that alchemists were not just scientists who were like discovering the elements and stuff before their time. Yeah. They were seeing elements in a broader spectrum across like perhaps the astral plane. Right. Like okay. their physical okay. and non-physical forms. And I was like, oh, okay. That's interesting. But also she wrote the plot of Kingdom Hearts. I think uh, Square needs to give her the credit that she is due. Yeah. Because I mean, it sounds like they stole it. Her influence has gone so far as to as stolen. To this stolen, but yeah, totally that's, stolen. That's how Kingdom Hearts. I don't understand all of it. The third, I didn't finish the third game because I got to the part where they re-rendered the entirety of Let It Go and Goofy was there, and I was like, <gasps> I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I'm done. So I don't have it in my soul to experience that game. I I think that's fair. I it was definitely a time in my childhood that I appreciated. Flumpton says, "How do Sora, Donald, and Goofy in that order figure into Theosophy?" Discuss. This yeah. is a thesis someone could have. I'm just saying someone I could, could write, write this. I could write this. I know enough now to where I'm like, oh yes. Oh. So Mickey Mickey would be like a master. Okay, Mickey and Yen Sid no. would be the masters. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Zemnis, whatever that guy's name was. Somebody's got to know what I'm talking about here. No. <laughs> Anyways, that was okay. my takeaway. So I'm just going to quickly, because I personally need it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm just going to read. I'm going to read the definition of theosophy. Okay. Just because I want to, I want to like, I want to like shorten it to like, just, I want to put it in a box. Okay. It's Kingdom Hearts. No! (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe it is. Who knows? I don't know. I never played it. So... I'll tell you. Read it to me. Okay. So (laughs) theosophy is a religion established in the United States during the late 19th century. It was founded primarily by the Russian immigrant Helena Blavatsky and draws its teachings predominantly from Blavatsky's writings. 
categorized by scholars of religion as both a new religious movement and as part of the occultism stream of Western esotericism. It draws upon both older European philosophies such as Neoplatonism and Asian religions such as Hinduism and Buddhism. Okay. And it says, Theosophy teaches that the purpose of human life is spiritual emancipation and claims that the human soul undergoes reincarnation upon bodily death according to the process of karma. It promotes values of universal brotherhood and social improvement, although it does not stipulate particular ethical codes. Is uh, uh, does is universal brotherhood a theme in Kingdom Hearts? Yes, uh, I believe that in every world that I went to in the first two Kingdom Hearts games and some of the oh side games that I played, no. it was very important that you you assist and make sure that all of the Disney characters properly did the the storylines of the the movies that they're in, which often involve being kind to each other and <sighs> supporting brotherhood and kindness, but you know, that's just my theory. I think that, yeah, that that is actually Kingdom Hearts. Like, also, wow. Goofy and Donald and Sora are brothers in in a lot of ways. So... <laughs> Yuck! <laughs> Yuck! So, so now... This podcast will just be how we can tie esotericism and paranormal activities to Kingdom Hearts. I I have to gain I something from playing all those games. Like That's I have fair. to gain some sort That's of knowledge fair. that I can That's relate fair. to something else because that was a lot of my life. I beat Sephiroth. Okay, that so, was the time where I was just replaying Baldur's Gate over and over again. So well, I wasn't that cool. I was in the Kingdom Hearts hole. I was in I was in the yeah. the realm of light or whatever. Yeah, like so okay, so maybe reincarnation is going to the 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 world of light. The there's yeah. a darkness world too. Um Did somebody mention the door to darkness? That that one chick got trapped in. I never finished the third game. I don't know if she gets oh out. God. Who knows? No spoilers. Everyone is agreeing. I think that we right. discovered where the where Kingdom Hearts got its story beats, its ideas. It could have been. Like, it why been. it's so freaking convoluted and confusing, it's because of Theosophy. You're welcome, yeah. everyone. Madame Blavatsky inspired Kingdom Hearts. The end. Esoteric Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I'm gonna write the book that's like esotericism and Kingdom Hearts. You could. I could. I bet it would sell. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say suck, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Probably. No, I was like, I bet people would be like, yeah, I want to read this. Yeah, that seems legit. This will make me sound smart at the local bar crawl. I don't know. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts meetup. <laughs> the crossover we never knew we needed. Uh, well, any... <laughs> any <laughs> Write a think piece for Kotaku? That makes me want to jump out this window. <laughs> I should I should write this and send you it should. to and be like, hey, I thought you'd be interested in my take. Yeah, this is a really important take. I just want you to know that people might not know this. People might not know this, but Disney, (laughs) there's a dark side there. And it's called Theosophy in Kingdom Hearts. There you go. Well, any closing remarks on this? No, that's all I brought to the table. I was like, this is great. So yeah, I don't don't know. If you have Scribd, they have um, that astral projection book. It's an audiobook for free, and I think there might be another one on there, but again, the the narration's a little rough to, to listen to, but at least get to the part where they literally describe the pl- plot of Kingdom Hearts 1 through 3. That's all you need. 
It was yeah. like an hour in. I don't know. What if Plumpton asked, well, wonder what Madame Blavatsky's keyblade looks like. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're welcome. I wonder. <sighs> yes, that's on this, <laughs> on this final episode of Spooky Thoughts. <laughs> Why does everyone want to fire me now? I think I bring some interesting... I'm going to remember all of you that said I should get fired. I'll remember this. No, no, this is important insight. This is why we're two separate people on one podcast to have the insight of this. And I don't know, I what do I provide? <laughs> Not Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> the actual Hearts. legitimate research. No. I'm just like, I Googled things. <laughs> it sounds Kingdom like Kingdom Hearts. Hearts. No, you're right. You're not wrong. I think that people would agree. I mean, that basic description no. is very okay. Kingdom Hearts. Because they Dawn, Seeker, Dawn Seeker in chat brought it up. This is exactly what it is. Is though really it's just likely that theosophy and Kingdom Hearts both draw from the same parts of Eastern mysticism and Buddhism. Yep. But that's where it's from. But also they came to the same conclusions. Yes. So when are we going to open our Theosophy Cowboy Church? Ooh! <laughs> I want a cowboy church. I do. I should go to cowboy the church. Theosophist Cowboy Church. We're accepting members now. Yeah. Not only do we do magic, but we do it in a yeehaw way. And we'll, we'll relate it to a level of Kingdom Hearts so you can get a good takeaway. Remember when Woody said he loved his friends as mm-hmm. he fought the giant heartless wolf monster? Yes. That's just like what we go through yes. every day. Yeah. Um, L.R. Carlton. Before we go to stories, that is something that I wanted to bring up. Is that according to Q, Googling stuff counts as research. And recently, during all of that political mess, <laughs> I like can't even say it without laughing. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani ad- admitted, admitted to using research from Facebook. Great. Facebook. So. I'm upset. Oh. <sighs> last little pin in that queue update to bring everyone back down from our theosophy cowboy church. Did you see where like one politician demanded the abolishment of Finsta and it, they had to describe what they had to like explain that Finsta is not like a place. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Well, that's, I'm sorry. Like, Oh, it's just really bad. Like, I think if like you're in Congress and you're like, above 70 this goes for all of them like you should retire like 75 like go to the bahamas like yeah. get out of here just take a break take a break go to sleep yeah oh my god ella carson woody would be the messiah because he's a cowboy and part of disney which uses theosophy and kingdom hearts yeah and canary says spell works spell works can i get a round of yeehaws partner <laughs> yeehaws so yeah uh, cowboy mages kingdom hearts um i think we figured out our cult it's great yeah anyway if you want to do research on madame blavatsky come full circle the the bibliography does have a really good list on this book so this i have to say this book was better was better written and more well researched than i think any of the ones we've read so far yes it was i just think like i'm not a fan of this author's voice no so that's why and he's not the lead singer of Blondie, I guess. I don't know. No, yes, that's probably why he's the drummer. <laughs> like, 
Um, that's not true. A blaze wasn't bad. A blaze was just weird. It was just too repetitive. It was yeah. like the same. It was just a lot of examples of spontaneous human combustion yeah. described over and over and over and over. Which like there's not that many, so cool it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. a blaze was a bit, a bit dry. I we haven't decided which is the next one that we're doing. I don't think. Oh, are we gonna do yeah. the moon one? Oh yeah, that's the one we're gonna do. Here, let me grab it before we go to story, so I can show you our next our next book. The Feathers, I swear to God. Stop stealing stuff. I hear him steal stuff, and then he I hear whoo, whoo. Yes. So this next book is called that we're gonna be reading for next month, right? For October. Yeah. Is the secret influence of the moon. Of the moon! <laughs> Alien origins and occult powers. I feel like this one's gonna be sort of a mix between the Bigfoot one. And maybe Madame Blavatsky. I'm excited. So, it should be fun. Oh, well, Carlton, did you guys check in on David Wilcock? He's dropping a new seminar with new insiders on YouTube. No, I haven't checked in. Was that one of our authors? I don't remember. Uh, it's all blending together. It is really. Knob <laughs> um, Doc Martin, yes. Yes, this will settle if the moon is a hoax or not. This is once and for all. Once and for or, all. Is the moon once real? and for all. Yeah. Yeah, you can get these really cheap on secondhand books. None of them are that expensive. No, yeah. I don't think, yeah. So I would, they're worth picking up. And if anything, if you hate it, you can give it to someone else and just like let them experience yeah. it, which is fun. Yeah. They're interesting topics. Yeah, I think they actually like source them from like Goodwill and stuff. So they're not like none of them are, are too, too pricey. But yeah, so Secret Influence of the Moon, Alien Origins and Occult Powers is the next book. This, I don't even know if this book has a bibliography. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, it's gonna be great. Yeah, it kind of it kind of does. Mm, we'll see. <laughs> we don't know until we get them, so. Um, it's fun. We're so, yeah. having fun. So we it'll be fun. fun. Well, it'll be fun. We've talked about how we actually don't know how the moon is made. So, like, that's a fact. We actually do not. We only have theories. We do not have proof on how the moon was made. Maybe it's a secret alien base for monitoring us. It could be, or it could have... I mean, it's almost just as insane if another planet hit proto-Earth, exploded, and it, like, the lava or whatever the hell reformed to make the moon. Which is, like... like that's... What? And the moon's, like, perfect. Like, the yes. fact that it's so perfectly allows right? us to exist. A little, yeah. a little suspicious, if you a ask me. A little suspicious. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so maybe we'll get some answers or some more questions. Mm. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay, let's do some stories. It's time for fact or fiction. We will be reading chilling tales submitted from the community and guessing, are these fact, fiction, or somewhere in between? Use your best spooky scout skills to determine the truth. Do you have a scary story to tell? You can submit them to us at SpookySaturdayStories at gmail.com to have them read on the show. Just make sure to include if they are fact or fiction and your name. All right, I have a story pulled up if you're ready. All right. This one comes from Anonymous. When I was a wee lad, my siblings and I went to the family vacation home in the Pacific Northwest. On our second day, we decided to play a few rounds of hide and seek out in the woods. We'd been in these woods many times before, though we all had our our little nooks and crannies we never told each other about. It was the late afternoon and we were on our third round, my brother seeking this time. 
I chose an old burrow dug into the side of a mound, one of my favorites. After a few minutes of silence, I began hearing rustling sounds around the mound before it quickly faded away. Tiny me just figured it was a deer or something, or maybe my brother was getting desperate. Half an hour later, nothing. I guessed my brother had likely given up by now, so I began moving toward the entrance. Just as I did, I heard the rustling again, this time coming right towards me. I retreated back in, thinking it was my brother. That thought was dashed as I saw two skinny, pale legs outside the burrow. As I tried to be still as possible, now aware that whatever was outside was not my brother, a large oval-shaped object blocked out the sunlight. I got a chill down my spine when I saw that thing, still do whenever I recall it. After the least comfortable five minutes of my life, the shape lifted, and I heard the rustling again. As soon as I thought I was clear, I bolted out of the burrow and started making my way back to my summer home. I didn't get too far before I heard snapping twigs coming from where I had been. I hid in some bushes, hoping that they'd be enough to conceal me. As the snapping drew closer, I saw a tall, skinny humanoid form emerge from the trees. As it shambled into view, I could see the creature's pale skin as it stretched over its long, skeletal body. Ew. My blood ran cold as I saw the thing's head. It was large and swollen looking, almost per perfectly ovular in fact. The same shape as the one that had peeked into my hiding place before. This time I could see its face clearly. The thing had black eyes, either a small or non-existent nose, and a tiny mouth. No. I stood dead still again, waiting and hoping this thing would find me again. Eventually the thing lost interest and shambled back into the woods. I took the opportunity to run back to the house where my siblings were relieved to see me. Apparently, my brother had seen the same thing just as he started looking for us. He described it just as I had, tall, skinny, with a swollen, hairless head. My sister said she had heard the sound of something moving through the woods, seemingly going back and forth between her spot and somewhere else. We've never gone into those woods ever since. No! I know, it sounds like an alien to me. An alien? Yeah. Feathers! Ah! You hear him? He's yeah, so he's loud. Hooing. He's he so hooing. loud. He's just a loud boy. I don't know. I think since they got a good look at it, which is one of my criteria for fiction, if you get a good look at it, it's probably fiction. Whoa, really? Now it is, yeah. Now it is. <laughs> well, you're no fun. They're no fun. But you got it right. It's no. fiction. You were right. It was, it was scary, though. Isn't that scary? It is scary. I don't like it. Thank you, Anonymous. Was that Boom Boo again? I am not at liberty to say. <laughs> All right. It was still amazing. Thank you. Anonymous. 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 I sent you the next right. one, which comes with supplemental materials, but I want us okay. to get through it first. And okay. it comes from Dusty Knobs. Dusty Knobs. I still don't know whether to consider this paranormal, but I have no other explanation. One evening in 2015, while I was sitting at my desk at home, my left arm became irritated. At first, it was just a slight itch. I could scratch it through the sweater I was wearing, but eventually it began to burn. When I took off my sweater to look, my upper arm was beet red and hot to the touch. It was hard to tell at first because of the redness, but part of my arm was covered in small scratch marks, about 20 of them, mostly roughly an inch in length. After looking in the bathroom mirror, I noticed even more marks on my left shoulder and both sides of my neck. Many of the scratches seemed to have a pattern of three. I have no idea where the scratches came from. I do have a cat, but I'm sure I would have remembered her scratching me like this. I guess I could have scratched myself in my sleep, but the fact that I wouldn't have woken up from it and then noticed the scratches until later that evening seemed unlikely to me. After most of the redness went away, I noticed that the scratches were very fine and consistent, but shallow. 
This made it even harder to rationalize that my cat made the mark since her claws are dull. She had scratched me before, an ac before on accident, and the marks she leaves are much more coarse and inconsistent compared to what was on me now. They were never painful beyond the initial itching, burning sensation. The marks went away completely after about a week. I didn't think about it much until two years later when another set of unexpected scratches showed up, this time on both of my forearms. They were much the same, having an itching, burning sensation, leaving consistent shallow marks and going away after a week. Ah! Oh, Gross. and correction, this individual's ah! username has changed and it's Mike Al Human. So, Mike no Al Human. Formerly known as Dusty Knobs. Okay. That's spooky. Hmm. <laughs> don't like. No, I don't like that. That's we were talking about the other day about how ghosts leave scratches on people in haunted areas. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you lived in like a haunted place, that's totally a, a ghost thing for sure. Ugh. Ooh. What do you think? <sighs> I mean, I think. Oh, oh, everything disappeared for a second. It's ah! <laughs> I think it's fact. <laughs> the ghosts. I think the that ghosts. sounds like a fact to me. I mean, it's it sounds. That sounds pretty straightforward, facty. Facti factish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I will say that you got it. You're right again. This one's real. No. And there are photos included of no. the scratches. No. I'm going to send you one of them. Ew. <laughs> ghosts. I think it's ghosts. It looks like little gremlin fingers. No. Look at that. Oh my God. That's so weird. What? That's really weird. That's really interesting. Yeah, that, like, there's do look like... You can't even make that with your finger. Yeah, those are like, tiny. It, do, it does look like little, like, little stabby claws. Wait, look at the, look at this one, actually. This one's... Because like I feel like people, claws. people are going to be like, those are cat scratches, but look no, at this one. No, they don't look like cat scratches at all. They really uh, don't. Like, cat scratches are totally different. I hate this one. Mm. Oh, my God, everyone's... Ah! Oh, yeah. 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 What? Oh, that's so, it's so like, weird. It's like a lot for the, for, as a description, it's like a lot of tiny little yeah. scratches, like a ton of them. And they're very and fine. I've, I've seen those like ghost scratches before. Like I've seen them in pictures and that's like kind of what they look like. Not that I'm a ghost doctor. But you're a ghost expert. <laughs> not that I'm a ghost expert either. Yeah, that's not a cat. No, that's not, that's and it it doesn't even look like your finger could make that. I don't think it's bird scratches no. either because I've been scratched by a bird and usually I mean you'll get like maybe a couple but it's not like a bird's not gonna sit there and scratch you like that like that's yeah. not gonna happen. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, or so the only thing I can think of is is maybe an allergy to the sweater they were wearing or something and it caused an irritation. But either way, it's still weird. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. All right. Well, now uh, that's yeah. Maybe ghosts. But maybe ghosts. Yeah. Thank you for that story. I love it when there's also photographical evidence. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. It looks. It kind of looks allergy e. But yeah. But I don't know. I think it's a little suspicious. A little. Oh my god! Not a Doug Martin. My partner is saying it looks sort of like what it looks like on his arm when he picks beans from our garden. <laughs> Maybe them beans gotcha. The, the beans. Maybe them beans. Holly <laughs> Conrad, ghost doctor, arriving this fall. Arriving this fall. <laughs> uh, all right, you want to do one more? Sure. Yeah, let's do one more. Ghost doctor. Yeah. Well, I hope uh, I hope you don't get any more ghost scratches. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Good luck. Yeah. Keep us posted. Thanks for sending us pictures. I don't know if, if you lived in a haunted place, but hopefully it wasn't ghosts. <laughs> Ghost.
ghost. So, let me know when you're ready. Oh my god, what if it was a squirrel ghost? Ew. Tiny tiny little hands. Gross. (laughs) Okay. This one comes from JackWhite8453 on Twitch, so thank you for sending this in. When I was a kid, my dad was driving my older sister and I home from some event. We lived in a neighborhood with lots of cul-de-sacs, though we did not live on one of them ourselves. It was was very suburbia on the edge of a developing area of the city. My parents still lived there, in fact. This particular day was a rather misty, rainy day. We were driving in silence when my dad said, Hey, you want to see something neat? Of course we said yes. He then turned into one of the cul-de-sacs. I watched the windows of the van as the weather seemed to get even more misty as he started to circle the cul-de-sac. I couldn't really even make out the houses anymore, the mist was so thick. As we completed the circle and came back to the edge of the cul-de-sac, and were about to turn back on the street, the mist cleared, and I realized we were in a different place altogether from where we started. Every cul-de-sac will take you somewhere new, my dad explained. My child brain thought this was pretty cool and definitely wanted to explore more. As the days and maybe even months went by, I can't remember exactly how much time passed, I kept thinking about it. Finally, I brought it up again to my dad and sister, but they didn't have any memory of the event. Uh Uh-oh. No. 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 Also, like, if my dad as a child ever said, you want to see something neat, it was either a corpse or, like, a weed plant. Like, it was not anything else. How many corpses did he show you? (laughs) Animal corpses. Animal corpses. Sorry, I should have specified. And a lot, actually. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Yeah. And a weed plant. Um, I'm gonna say that's fact. I don't know, it sounds like a fact to me. But it sounds like that they were abducted by the Fae and taken to some, like, weird other dimension. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, MBT Witch said, hey kids, wanna see something neat? Plane shift. (laughs) Yeah. Alright, well. You're three for three today. This one's fact! I did it! I'm getting too good. You're right. Get your shapes shapes and light switches out of here. (laughs) Jack White 8453 clarifies this is fact. It is a memory that I have of my childhood, and I have a clear memory of bringing it up to my family and them not having any clue what I was talking about. I'm pretty sure I thought cul-de-sacs were mystical portals for a good chunk of my childhood, but to this (laughs) day, I don't know if it was a dream or something else. Would love to hear if anyone has any possible explanations. That's really weird. Yeah, I like that. That's interesting. It, I mean, it's it's almost like a mix between like a time slip and like an an, an added memory. Yeah. Like some, I sometimes I feel like like those kind of like added memory things happen a lot as you're when you're a kid. Like maybe you dreamed and it became a memory, or like maybe it was even something that was real and you were just abducted by aliens. Yeah, could be. I don't know. Make sure if you have any stories to send them at SpookySaturdayStories at gmail.com. It sounds like we need to up our game, everyone, because Holly's getting too good. To getting she too got good. all of them right, and I'm not okay with that. So, oh, fine. Let's fine. see if we can get a little... Let's try and trick her. I think Kay. that you guys... I know that, I know that you can. You can I trick me. I you. believe it. I believe it. The key is, though, if you have like... I mean, the key is, is that there, I have these criteria of... If you get a good look at it, it's probably not true. But it, maybe it is. And maybe shapes. Someone's got no a true shapes. story where there's a, yeah. a good look. Yeah, and shapes are trying to trick me. And that's it. Yep. Keep that in mind, everyone. But yeah, well, this was this was a fun episode. Sorry we kind of, like, prattled on. But I think Kayla and I were just both like, we're just feeling, Ugh. so I think it was just a fun 
hang out and we talk oh, about- Oh, I think it works out well. I have my senior thesis to move forward on. Oh I'm my god, no. Write a book about esotericism and Goofy and Donald and no. Sora, where they fall into theosophy, how that all lines up and leads us to the kingdom- of light or whatever i don't remember i'm gonna have to replay the games i'm not going to who else will i have ice cream with just stream kingdom hearts you could i've never honestly honestly i've never played kingdom hearts and it would be really funny for me to stream it with like kayla watching me please because i I would be so upset the whole time i'd be like i'm gonna die i'm gonna die i can't i've never seen any of it any of it any of it I've, I've never played, seen any of it. I've played the first and second one twice, I think. Each twice I've played the Game Boy Color one, I've played the DS one, and I've played the PSP one, and I've played the mobile phone one. Oh and my I've god. I've played a good chunk of the third one, but I'm 32 years old and it's <laughs> like I'm past my prime for my interest in this. But like I I have never even watched cutscenes from it. I literally do not know what it's about. There's at so all. many moments that I know you would be like <laughs> I'd probably just be like, no, I'm done. <laughs> the best is when you go through all these Disney worlds and then they throw you into Pirates of the Caribbean world and everyone's realistic looking except for Donald and Goofy. And they're just like, <laughs> oh, my God, it's too much. You need to like, I think that would be fun if you're interested. I'm interested. That would be really funny. We should um, maybe we could do it for the Patreon or something. Yeah, I think that would be fun. Or the Discord. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, anyway, no, I haven't, or so I haven't. I, like, have been completely in a cave for any sort of JRPGs, or, like, Disney, and, like, growing up, Disney was weird because my grandpa worked at the studio, so, like, I had this weird relationship with Disney, I was like, that's my grandpa's job, like... I don't know. Uh, yeah, I just kind of weird. I watched the movies, and then in every movie at the end, it'd be like, there's your grandpa's name. Like, it was, like, it was just, like, a weird, I don't know. It was just, like, a weird thing, and my mom was, like, super passive-aggressive about it, so I don't know. Yeah, she was awful. But, like, it was just, yeah, it was just really weird. So it was, like, a weird relationship with it, so I never, like, really got into the Disney stuff other than when I was really, really little, so. I was super into JRPGs, so that's why I played it, because I was like, more Final Fantasy, but what? And then, you know, because I really love Final Fantasy, so. I never played Final Fantasy either. Yeah, they're, they're fun. Yeah. They're definitely a commitment is the problem, but like, they're fun. Yeah, I just was like, I can't take this seriously. Oh, yuck! A yuck? <laughs> uh, try, I, I oh. literally need to send you the fact that they fully re-rendered Let It Go, and the camera will like, it'll be like <gasps> Elsa building the ice castle, and then it cuts to Goofy being like, <laughs> like, Elsa's in trouble! Like, we gotta go! And I was like, please stop. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> oh my god that's incredible incredible all right well um we're back next week right we don't have any yeah oh yeah. no no Wait. we are yeah because i have um no but next week i also have a c-team show on saturday so if you're gonna watch that i have to eat spicy 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 uh minis oh so yeah it's... i'm gonna i'm gonna watch that you're gonna watch me yeah, suffer I'm a whole watch lot. You eat the spicy. I'm gonna gummy. suffer. It's not the gonna be. It's gummy. it's not gonna be cute. It's not gonna be cute. The forbidden gummy. It's gonna be real bad. Um. So yes, if I'm okay, like we'll see how I'm feeling. Yeah, that's, that's fine. <laughs> so uh, that we should be back though, but we will see you all soon. Thank you for your support and kindness, and uh, I appreciate you all. And we will see you soon. Keep your eyes on the sky and uh, take care of yourselves and happy spooky season. Yeah. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.
Thanks for joining us for another meeting of the Spooky Scouts. I'm Scoutmaster Kayla Klein, and you can find me on social media as at K-A-Y-N-C-L-I. And I'm Scoutmaster Holly Conrad, and you can find me on social media as at Holly Conrad or at Commander Holly, and you can find us both at WeGrowingHens.com. We hope you enjoyed learning and speculating with us tonight. If you want to find out more about the Spooky Scouts, you can find links to our social media, Discord, and more at SpookyScouts.com. You can offer the podcast some sustainable support and help us stay unbiased and ad-free by subscribing to Patreon.com slash Spooky Scouts for as little as $5 a month. Spooky Scouts is recorded live weekly on Twitch.tv slash WeCrowingHens. See you next time, Scouts. And remember, keep your eye on the sky and dare to know.